How you doing, Ed? Good, Good to see you. Yes. <laughs> How you doing this? Good morning. Welcome to church. I'm Jesse Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. You can get involved by going to our uh, YouTube chat line, um, rebuildingtheman.com slash church, and I can respond to your questions. I am back, and good morning to everybody here again. I am back. Uh, we were over at Politicon last week, and it was amazing. Had a really good time. Uh, met a lot of people. Uh, it was very, very interesting. So I appreciate you guys' patience for no church last week. Um, a lot of things have happened between last Sunday and today. And, but I first want to find out if anybody here have any questions or anything you want to talk about. Because I don't want to just come with my stuff. This is a fellowship. And we want to help one another overcome whatever you're dealing with, right? And so anybody have any questions? Let's go to the mic right here. Hi, there's something that I did want to uh, go over with you. Um, it was regarding this uh, dream I had that was uh, re re uh, very revealing. And I uh, wanted you, uh, your, uh, your insight on it. Not necessarily an interpretation, just on, on what I think it was telling me. Telling me. I was uh, sitting in an audience, um, and uh, actually I was sitting in a, in a seat similar to here, where there was a lot of space. There was space where I was able to see Donald Trump up in the front. The Great White Hope. <laughs> yeah, it was a real, it was you very, 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 inter <laughs> very interesting dream. Uh, so, so there was space, and there was this... Uh, 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 a man and a younger woman who are trying to get me out of the seat, get me out of my seat. They were trying to like, trying to first trying to, you know, pressure me, intimidate me to get me out of my seat. And I wasn't moving. I was determined that they were not going to move me off, off my seat. And I said, okay, I go at that, I go at this, I go, this seat was assigned to me. And it was a good seat because it, it was just like this, it allowed me a good view. It wasn't crowded. I didn't feel crowded. There was space in there. And uh, um, they wouldn't, and then, and then, then I, I, I remember telling somebody, it was like a young man who was trying to, they were younger than me for whatever reason, so they were, they were, but they were trying to get me out of my seat. And I said, look, I got that. How would you like it if I tried to take you out of your seat? And he didn't have a reply after that. And I go, if you can get Donald Trump to come and tell me to get me out of my seat, you know, and then I'll, I'll move. I'll let you sit here for whatever reason. So when I woke up, really quickly something came to me um, as far as what the dream was trying to tell me. And, and, and I think that th there is a, a, a position, there is a, a position where who you are should be at the threshold. I think there's a, there's a saying that goes that when the king uh, sits in, in the throne, everybody, all the subjects, everything comes to an obedience. So I've noticed that, that this, this, uh, this, who you really are, when the, who you really are is at, as, as at the throne, which is really pretty much nothing. You really can't say who you are, but it's, it's, it's a form of quiet, peace. You're centered. You're watching thoughts. That's the seat of who you really are. That's, that's who, that's, you're in your seat, in your center. But then you have uh, these temptations that want to sort of take you out of that center. You can have, it can be a young woman. It could be, you know, the temptation. It, 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 it sort of, it comes and it, it, it wants to sort of uh, elbow itself in into the, into, the, into the throne, so to speak. Temptation or 
uh, this false identity. That when I'm beginning to, when I'm beginning to watch it, I'm beginning to watch it, and I'm, be, and I'm beginning to sort of pull my worldly attachments away from it. And when I'm when I'm starting to do that, I'm noticing that 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 there is that that there is this 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 uh, this entity, if I can put it that way, that is not in the throne right now because I, because I'm centered, I, I pray, and but. It sort of wants to move itself. It constantly, it, it, it's, it's here, and it puts itself across my view, of my, a view of my field of vision. And it sort of wants to engage me and to talk. And it wants to engage me into having conversations and what have you. And when it does, it technically is in the throne. So, you know, I, I know this is totally what you talk about, um, you know, um, and I just wanted to bring that up because I thought it was very, very revealing and the fact that, you know, the way, the way it was. Yeah. So. I, don't, I, don't know much, I don't know how, to, I don't interpret dreams and all that. But what I have realized about dreams is that because there is two reality, a, an illusion of a reality, Satan playing God, and then a real reality, Satan is constantly trying to influence us in many ways. Even when we sleep, we asleep, we can go unconscious and fall into a dream and he'll pretend that something is happening that's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I realized from dreams is that because of that, God doesn't, come to us in dreams, God reveals things to us. And Satan comes in dreams in that fallen state. And, but I, I don't know how to interpret that. But what about my interpretation in, in that, you know, uh, I have found that, that when I'm in my center, and I think you know what I mean by being in the center. Yeah, like, being present with God. Being present yeah. in the moment. You watch thoughts as they come and go. Right. But Whoever you are does not come and go. It's always there. So when I'm there, but, I'm, but I notice that, that, you know, that sometimes it comes hard. You may not necessarily, it doesn't have to be an outer circumstance. The inner uh, uh, um, presence that's not you comes and wants to so- somehow dethrone you from your center. He's always trying to seduce you. Always. Constantly. Yeah, absolutely. Constantly. Always. And especially when you, when, when you, when you start, sincerely start wanting to to pull yourself away from your healthy, unhealthy attachments. Yeah. You know, if you have unhealthy attachments and you want to pull yourself away, you finally realize, you wake up and you realize that, 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 that you're being captive to them and you're a slave to them. Are you overcoming your unhealthy attachments? You know, that, that's, where, that's where I'm at, is that I, 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 I'm starting to detach from very serious healthy attachments I've always had. By doing what? Is, by not, by not in, you know, having, getting involved in unhealthy relationships, whether it's, you know... Um, you know, a negative, uh, uh, argumentative, or you know somebody that you know um, is not healthy for me to be around with, um, and I've, I've you know because I became uh, friends and attached to this person that I've that you know that you know so when I start removing myself from that, you know and they, and I'm starting to feel like a little like a little anxiety because a, a separation anxiety start, Are start you over one. that person now? Huh? Are you over that person? No, I can't say that I am because. The the uh, the the implanted the implanted uh, identity that is attached that's connected to all these unhealthy relationships is still present with me. In fact, I'm starting to experience it as a tiny little anxiety as soon as I really start separating myself from it. So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I realize that I'm, I'm that I'm detaching from within, not necessarily just you know um, not being around unhealthy people or other relationships, but I'm, but, but watching the connection. Um, and, uh, attachment inside. That's what that, that's where I'm at. And I'm oh, starting okay. to experience it. So, yeah, man. Just wanted to 
Are you doing a silent prayer? Yes. Every day and night? I, I, I unceasingly. Even I'm now I'm doing it. Oh, good. <laughs> good. Yeah, stay with that. Yeah. And that'll work out. All right. All right. Anybody else? Anybody else? Right here? Lord, Joel got a question. <laughs> Hello. Without Esteban and James. Yes. Hello. How uh, you doing, sir? I'm real good, thanks. Is this your first time here? Uh, first Sunday. I, I came on Tuesday to the panel you had. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was a good town hall, huh? Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> Got a lot of fun. Yes, sir. Uh, so, I've been watching lots of your videos on YouTube, and uh, in a few of them I noticed that you said... Uh, you were kind of shying away from reading the Bible, like saying not to read it a lot. And I was just wondering if you could explain, like, why you think, like, not reading the Bible a lot is beneficial. Um, you can read it, but don't read to remember. When you read it, just open it up, read something, put it away, forget about it. Because what happens is, if you don't, it'll feed your intellect and... It would make you think you know what you don't know. Satan will use it against you. He will interpret it for you. He will puff up your pride, your ego, and make you think that you, you found God, that you know God, when you really don't. So don't read it to remember it. Don't study it. Just pick it up and put it away. Uh, the problem that is happening in the churches with Christians, not all, but most, they have read the Bible, and some have read two and three times. Whenever I hear a Christian say, a person say they've ever read the Bible like three or four times, I'm like, are you crazy? Who does that, you know? And the Bible's not like an easy book to go through. But so read it, but not to remember it. And that way, your intellect won't be fed. Because the problem is the knowledge of good and evil. We know evil in that fallen state. And then when you learn the Bible, now you know good. You know about good, right? But it just puffs you up. And it prevents you from uh, humbling yourself because you think you know the truth. So you could read it, but don't remember it. So don't try not to remember, but do not try to remember it. So what's like the, the attitude, I, I guess, are you, are you saying you should approach it with? Just, just as like a, a not even any try, kind of intention, just to let God reveal it, like you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. Just open it and just be there and then yeah. close it again. Yeah, sometimes when I read it, I'll open it up and uh, it's right what I need for right then, I guess. But I'll put it away and forget about it and then later it's revealed to me. So don't read. You have to let your intellect die instead of feeding it all this stuff. You notice how nutty that people go to college and they get degrees? And, and they, especially when they get, what, is, what kind of degree? PhDs, MHDs, insane Ds. <laughs> they are, look how they screwed up the country now. The people who are screwing up the country are the ones with the degrees and things like that. And so um, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. He's really there. And he will teach you all things. He will perfect your life. But you've got to be dumb so that he can do that. But when you read the scriptures and learn the Bible, then you, it only helps your intellect, which is of your father, the devil. You read the Bible a lot? Yeah, uh, every day. Every day? Yeah, in the morning. The whole thing? Uh, I've just started um, like a process from Genesis all the way to Revelation to read the whole thing. I've never done it before. So. And what made you decide to do that? Uh, I was getting... Uh, 
I feel like a lot of progress that I've made recently as a believer uh, has been from reading the Word. Oh, yeah. And uh, I felt closer to God from um, reading the Bible. So, What, do, what does that feel like? Um, it's a, it's a re- revelation thing. Like It's revealing itself to me. And it's not always in the moment. Like, like a, uh, it, it's, I guess it's just uh, keeping my, my focus on, on God. And, uh, and it's not like when I read the Bible, I have like this active intention to, to, uh, I mean, I'm seeking wisdom. That's, that's based, that's what it is. And where are you looking? Um, just reading from beginning to end of the Bible. (laughs) Yeah. You're not going to find it there. It says that, uh, the Bible is, is the word of God. So, uh, the Bible is the word from God. Yeah. The word of God is within you. And so when you seek wisdom, you have to seek it from within. Everything you're looking for mm-hmm. is inside of you already. And the Bible points back to that and tells you the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's within to look within, not without. So you're not going to find it without. You have to look within. It's not without. That makes sense. Yeah. So look within, be still and know him from within. It's going to be amazing. And so when you do read the Bible, it will be revealed to you. But don't, I mean, you can go ahead and read the whole thing if you want, but I will caution you not to do that. Mm-hmm. Just, it's because it's going to build up pride or yes. intellect or ego within yeah. me that I know the Bible. Right. And I'm a and good then, Christian and all right. that. Right. And yeah. your life will be screwed up. And so you, and then you start making up excuses. Oh, no one is perfect. Uh, we all make mistakes. You're not going to be perfect until you get to heaven. Rather than realize, well, I read this whole Bible and it's still not working. Something else must be wrong. But they'll make up excuses rather than admitting something is wrong. Because one thing for sure, when you find God from within, your life will change just like that. And you start living from within. He's not on the outside. He said that if someone tells you to look here or look there and all these different places out there, they're lying to you. Don't do it. The kingdom of heaven is within. You have the Holy Spirit there. You have Christ is there to help you. God is within you. If you pay attention to what's happening inside of you and have no opinion about it, it will blow your mind. Okay. That makes sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you. Yeah. How old are you? 27. Oh, good. Yeah. Now, again, if you may have to take that hard road, it, you know, you may have to read it through and through and then figure out later, wow, I wasted my time. <laughs> so if you need to go that path, I don't want to stop you. Uh-huh. But I'm warning you, I'm just telling you that everything you're looking for is already inside of you. Okay. And so you say you feel God, you feel close to him. I think I feel better about myself, probably, knowing that I'm reading the Bible and I'm on the right path. You uh-huh. know, I'm, I'm seeking this wisdom and actively, <clears throat> I guess I'm trying to transform and renew my mind rather than letting God transform exactly. and renew my mind. That's right. And see, that's the illusion. So you're reading the Bible now and already you're feeling better about yourself. That's the ego being puffed up. And then if somebody out there trying to tell you something, especially 
uh, a sinner, quote unquote, you're not going to want to hear from them because you're feeling better about yourself. You read the Bible and you're going to smack them over the head with the word. <laughs> so are you doing my silent? Have you are you familiar with my silent prayer? Nope. I encourage you to do that. I have a silent prayer online. Okay. Silent prayer dot video. I want you to do that and then pick the Bible up and read it, but put it away and just watch yourself without an opinion. Don't call it good or evil, right or wrong or anything. Just have no opinion. It's going to be amazing. Okay. What is it that you don't like about yourself? Uh, I uh, have doubts about uh, the goodness of God and uh, whether or not he's forsaken me in the past sometimes. Right. Um, and so those doubts, they creep in. And so I, I guess I'm trying to like supercharge my, my faith by, by just diving into the word. I understand. That's not going to work for you. Yeah. It's not going to work. So the way, you, the way you believe in God is to doubt every thought that you have. Because you're in a fallen state and uh, Satan is your daddy. <laughs> Did you know that? Uh I guess I didn't know that. But. <laughs> and yeah, Satan is your daddy. Have you ever called Satan daddy? <laughs> nope. <laughs> and so what he's doing, he's talking to you uh-huh. about everything. He tells you what good is, what bad is. He tells you you're no good. And then when you read the Bible, he tells you that you're a good guy now. And then you go down after a while, you say you're not so good. You got to read the whole thing. And while you read the whole thing, he'll tell you that you're a nut job. Uh, you know, he'll just mess with you. I want you to practice doubting every thought. And when you doubt the lie, then you have the truth. You, you have no other choice but to have faith in God. But you have to doubt. You're not your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And you're not the creator of your thoughts. And they are not from God. You have to bring every thought into captivity, according to the Bible. And so don't believe anything that comes through your head. Word. <laughs> really uh, and then you don't have an opinion of yourself Yeah, I have no opinion of myself at all none zero and so just live without having an opinion of yourself because you're playing God when you have an opinion of yourself mm-hmm. I'm good I'm bad I'm this I'm that and all that stuff cut it out and just live your life seeking the kingdom from within and you'll be fine cool that makes sense? Yeah. Are you beta or alpha? I feel like I have beta moments, I guess, but uh, <laughs> I like to claim alpha. <laughs> I know every beta male like to claim alpha. <laughs> but just, you're a good guy, man. So relax, look within, um, and go and forgive your parents. That's the beginning of it. You need to go and forgive your, your father and mother. Mm-hmm. Forgive your mother and then return to your father. Your earthly father, mm-hmm. and that would change everything right there. Cool. Are you close to them? Yeah, very close. Are they are they together? No, they're divorced. They're, at what age were you when they uh, were? Ten, eleven. Amazing. Yeah. Well, go and forgive your mother for what she did to you. Mm-hmm. She couldn't help herself. And then, uh, uh, and then go and forgive your father because he was beta. He didn't know how to handle your mother. Mm-hmm. And not that he doesn't love you. He left because he he was married to his mother. Because you become attracted to what you hate and you take on the identity of what you hate, whomever you hate. Right. Mm-hmm. And so your mindset right now is that of your mother. You don't have a man, a man's mindset. You think and feel like a woman. OK, that makes sense. 
Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and so, but when you go and forgive your mother, realizing that she could not help herself because her mother did it to her and her father was weak, mm -hmm. then God will forgive you. Don't ask your mother for forgiveness. You forgive her and God will forgive you and he'll renew your mind. He'll give you back the mind that you had prior to the fall, prior to resenting your mother. Cool. All right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome, buddy. Really good question. Uh, yes, Joel. Where's Joel? Joel had his hand there. I think theirs is a little bit more on topic. What? Their their questions are a little bit more on topic. Who? Whoever else raised their hand. How Mine you know? was passed. You reading minds over here? They raised it right when he was talking. That's why. Go ahead, Mama. <laughs> um, Beta. Not an alpha male. If you if you've forgiven, how do you get rid of those unhealthy habits? bad habits? Oh, that's a good question. Really good. Let me tell you something else about the mind. Do not have a conversation with your mind. You know how sometimes Satan is talking to you and you find yourself talking back? Yeah. Satan's <laughs> <laughs> so like, don't forget to get your coat, your jacket. Okay, I won't. <laughs> Make sure you turn right at the light. Okay, I will. <laughs> Do not have any conversation with it at all. You got to ignore it completely. Don't have any conversation with the devil. Really. Because that's what he's trying. He's constantly trying to control you. So no conversation with him. And if you find yourself talking back, just be quiet. Just shut up and let it pass. All right. But do not conversation with the devil. He's serious about coming back for you. He doesn't want you. He wants you to recognize his voice as the voice of God or your own. He does not want you to be free. He really doesn't. So this thing about, you know, God said, bring every thought into captivity. He means every thought in every way, have no relationship with it at all. And eventually Satan starts to get further and further away from you. He, he will start to disappear because you become more, you become sons and daughters of God. So you become more familiar with his voice and just as familiar as you are with Satan right now. So Satan will disappear and God's word will be made clear to you. So no conversation at all. So restate your question. If, if you forgive and how do you get rid of or how do you stop the unhealthy habits? By having no opinion of it at all. Don't judge it as right or wrong. Do not put any effort into trying to get rid of it. Just be aware of it. For example, if you're a pothead, how many potheads we have? Potheads. <laughs> That's why I'm here. That's why you're here, yes. Yeah. So next time, how did you become a pothead? Oh, hold on. I'm sorry. Here comes my story. Is this your first time here? Yes, this how, is my first time how here. How did you find us? So grateful to be here. I'm glad you're here. This is about a year and a half just on YouTube. Right on. And so how did you become a pothead? I started smoking weed at 12 years old. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. And I uh, pretty much smoke weed almost every day for all those years until today, still smoking hard. And uh, I've, the reason why I came out here was because a conversation with my brother that I had, and he and I were talking about getting sober, and we missed the sober October. So we decided, let's do something November 1st and just work on, 
you know, smoking weed, not smoking weed until right. Thanksgiving, you know, and so. So you said that uh, on the 1st of October, you guys are not going to p- no, 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 the first, well, October passed. We had this conversation like a week ago. Oh, so okay. starting November, because we, we were like, man, we missed October, sober October, yeah. you know. So then the conversation became, well, let's see what we can do the 1st of November. I totally understand that. So my brother and I uh, kind of put a pack together, and we say, okay, let's do it, starting November 1st. So November 1, you're not going to smoke pot? <laughs> we're gonna, yes, I'm not going to. Amazing. Anybody believe that she's not going to smoke? <laughs> right? If you want to bet, I, I, <laughs> if you're a betting person, this is a good one. When I was in that father's state, I used to tell myself things like that. I'm not going to have sex this week. It was my greatest week for sex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just had sex all the way through the week. Sometimes twice on Sundays, right? Uh, here's what I first recommend. From this day forward, never, ever, 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 but never, ever, ever, as long as you walk this earth, tell yourself you're not going to do it. Because you set yourself up to go nuts over it. Yeah. Because you're playing God, you're, you're acting like you have control over your life, that you can make these things happen and you can't. And so it's a setup. Do not make that promise. Just know that you want to stop. Yeah. All right? But don't judge yourself for it. Don't have an opinion about it. You know what? I smoke pot. I don't want to do it, but I'm doing it. Yeah. Right? And don't be mad about it. Don't, have, don't call it good or evil. But when you light up the joint, let me see. Let me do it. Let me see. <laughs> I used to smoke pot, so I know how you do it. <laughs> I, I use the blunt wrapper. So, so you do it like this. <laughs> And then you smell it. <laughs> so, and then you're like, already in your mind, you're already into this, right? Like, this is going to be good. This is, this is strong stuff. This is made from the earth. God made this pot. <laughs> so, in your mind, you're already into it, right? But here's what I recommend. Next time you fire up, just kind of look at it. Don't be already into it. And just kind of watch yourself smoking it. Watch yourself smoking and watch the smoke coming. It'll change everything. Just the observation of it, which is from God, will cause you to lose the appetite for it. I, I would say that I, I, I've, 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 I've had in a moment where I've, I've sat there, I've looked at it, I've, I've, and actually it ends up being like, wow, this is really good. <laughs> it just turns the, like when I self-observe, it like Right, but when that happens, no big deal. Just realize, you know what? I'm loving this too much. Yeah, I am. I right. end up loving it too much. But don't hate it. No. I mean, okay. don't hate yourself for it. Yeah. But here's the way to really overcome it. Because the pot is not the problem. It's your anger that's the problem. You're, you're falling away from God. And so you're reaching out to the world for something to make you feel better. To get rid of the guilt. To make you feel better about yourself, right? And so the pot is not the answer. And the pot is not the problem. You got to forgive. You got to overcome your anger. Because you only have hatred in your heart and no love. Satan is your father, and he's trying to destroy you. So you need to go and drop your anger, and then all these bad habits, you, because the sin is not the pot. The sin is the judgment, your pride, your anger. And the pride separates you from God to be your own God. You need to go and forgive. 
That makes sense? Yes. Who are you angry at? My boyfriend. And why? Oh, yeah, hold on. That's all right. <laughs> no, it's okay. Be yourself here. We've been together 15 years, and, you know, we're still boyfriend and girlfriend, you know, and we have a son together, and I don't know. I think the thing that I'm most angry about is just we could have accomplished a lot more if we didn't smoke weed. Yeah. You know, if we, we built a relationship on smoking weed, and I'd see myself 15 years now. And I, I mean, we've accomplished a lot. Not that we've been, you know, not accomplishing. Right. But then I kind of look at like a chart, you know, and I could see potential and I could see where I'm at. And I just, I'm not at my potential. I mean, I could be doing so much more. Um, we, as a family, we could be a- attending and doing things. I invited them to come today and they didn't come. He didn't come. Yeah. And just that. Why, um, you live with him? Yes, we live together. Why are you living with him? Why I'm living with them, um, I think it's a, a lot of, like, um, well, f- well, first of all, why, why not? I mean, we've been together, we've we sort of been together, and we've never left each other's side, you know, kind of connected and never left each other. And so um, we've been together because I don't have a good answer. Like, I, I don't know how to answer that. Have you ever wondered, why am I with this guy? I, often, often I'll, and I'll wonder. And what do you come up but, with? But I, I think I, I'm with him because I'm, I consider, I think I'm afraid, like I codependent. I need to, you know, I, I, I want to be with him. I think he's, oh, this, I know why I'm with him. I know why I'm with him. I remember. Protection. <laughs> no, I, I know why I'm with him. It's because of protection. Because protection I, from what? I, I feel he's he pr- He's a strong man. He's a strong black man, and he, you know, knows martial arts. Very strong. What's your race? Me, I'm uh, born here in the United States, but my mother is Costa Rican, and my father's Argentinian. Oh, okay. And so you were a strong black man. And he's very strong. And he's strong in character. Like, there's a lot of great qualities about him. I mean, he's, uh, I see the acts that I see in that he does. In my opinion, I don't see many people do things like that. Like, help you know, elderly ladies with their house and fixing things and stuff like that. Like, and, and sometimes won't even charge people, you right. know? So he has a really amazing heart. So that's why I'm with him. And amazing. also the protection. Cause I, I, at a young age, I got a lot of things happen to me and you were, you were not close to your father growing up. Actually, interesting story. I was very close to my father. Actually, my father was, I was the apple of his eye. I was everything to him. Well, why didn't he protect you? Because at age 12, around like 11, 12, my mom took me to Costa Rica. She took me out of the country and just took and told me on, at the airport, we're going to Costa Rica and we're living there. <laughs> so I, I, I was raised in Costa Rica. And while I was in Costa Rica, I had um, a burglary come and they broke in and they beat me up and stabbed me and left me for dead under a bed. Wow. So, and I was you know, alone at that time because my mom didn't have anybody. It was just me and my mom. So I, and then that wasn't like the first time things happened to me. I mean, I've been hit by a car. I've been like, had three suicide attempts. I had just amazing, like an amazing, (laughs) like (laughs) life of like just trouble. And so when I met Tafilia, or sorry, let me not say his name. When I met my my boyfriend, he, um, 
was such a protector and he was solid and he had an apartment and I knew I could, you know, live with him and build something with him. And we built something together. Before I say what I have to say about it, this young lady want to give you some advice. What, you, what would you recommend to her? Take the mic behind you. She's like, do I really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this your first um, time here too? Yes, this oh, is okay. my first time here. W- welcome. So if you were walking down the road of Costa Rica and you ran into her what, and she told you that story she just told you, what would you recommend for her? I would recommend to, to control your narrative, understand that, that doesn't, your past doesn't determine your future. So everybody in this room has or knows somebody who has stories like that. And every day it's about controlling your narrative and knowing that it doesn't matter. Every day, everything you do is a choice. You chose to be here. You, you choose to go to work. You choose the person you live with. You choose everything. You choose to have a relationship with your mother. You choose to have a relationship with your father. Everything we do every day is a choice. And our past does not determine our future. Where is your father now? passed away. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah, I was uh, thankful, grateful to be able to take care of him when he passed away. He had cancer, and I, I ended up at 19 moving back to the United States, yeah. and he helped me. Like, I went back to my father, and he helped me. He got me a GD. He, you know, really got me on a good path, and yeah. then he passed away, and when he passed away, I moved back with my mom. Oh, okay. Um, uh, one other person wanted to tell you something. What would you recommend? Uh, I don't know what I... I just, I mean, I have a comment to what you said about um, that your your boyfriend is a good man. Um, This is not judgment, because I don't know you or your boyfriend personally, but it's judgment out of love. Is to me, that's I think that's that's probably where it's rooted at, because you have to you have too many expectations for him. Because personally, to me, that doesn't sound like a real man. Excuse me. because he needs to be the example for you and your child. So if, you, if, if he's not living by example, for example, he's smoking weed with you, to me, that's, that's not an example of a real man. So how, you're obviously not happy. So you obviously don't feel protected. What do you think about that? Um, that I had in my, yeah. I think um, I could see the truth. I'm sorry? I could see the truth in that. Yeah. Your boyfriend is a beta male. He's not a good man. He's weak. And the fact that he would live with you and not marry you, he doesn't love you. He's using you. Um, you women should not have sex with men that they're not married to. They should not live with men they're not married to because those men are weak men and they're looking for a mama. And you are his mother. And the fact that he's doing all this work and all that, he's just weak. And that's why he's not charging. He's trying to get along with people so that because he doesn't know how to deal with them. Um, I would highly recommend that you move out of there or and get, you know, get a job, not just rush out, but get a job, get your own place and have this standard where no man is going to cross this line unless he marry you. Uh, otherwise, because you can't trust a man that live with you and sleep with you or have sex with you. If a man sleep with you before marriage, he's going to cheat on you after marriage because he doesn't have self-control. He's not a good man. He's a weak man. 
Uh, I recommend you forgive your mother for taking you away from your father. I actually, I had a really strong conversation with her about like a year and a half, and I just, it, it was natural. It wasn't like because I saw the show or anything. Actually, right. it was before I saw the show, maybe two years ago. Yeah. But I did have a uh, conversation with my mom, and, you know, for many years I bit my nails, and they always said it was a sign of resentment of your mother. Yes. And ever since I stopped, I just forgave her. I, like, forgave it. I don't right know how on. to explain it, but that yeah. moment I just let it all out. I let her know. She was grateful enough to take on responsibility for a lot of what happened, and ever since then my nails have grown. Right on. <laughs> I don't bite my nails anymore. So now you have to get away from this beta male, and it's not his fault. It's your fault that you're with him. You're an adult. And you agreed to that. So don't blame him for it. You have to take responsibility for yourself. Because if you didn't allow that to happen, it would not have happened. I have a question on that then. Yes. So when you talk about, when you have conversations about, like, the child and the mother, and that the mother kind of can devour the child, you know, without the absence of the father, I could see that happen easily in my house. I could see myself devouring my son, you know, if it's not for his dad that steps in the way that pushes me. So how do I reconcile that? By forgiving him and just letting go of all your anger, right? And so the same love that worked through men from God will work through you because you don't have a husband. And so you need to go straight to the father yourself. You can't rely on him. So if you forgive this boyfriend for being weak, don't resent him. He can't help it. Then God and then you and your son go and get your place and be with him. But don't keep your son away from him. You know, let him have don't you know, don't hate the father and all that stuff. Right. And God will work through you. He'll guide you so that you don't destroy your son because you have perfect love. Do you think there's ever hope to see that he may? Is there ever hope that that he well, you could hope that for him, wish him well, but it's up to him. Don't try to make him be that way. Don't try to, you know how women try to change men. I want you to be that way so they try to create men in their image or the way they think he should be. Don't play God with him. That's up to him. You just let all the anger go so the love of God could work through you for you and your son. And this young lady is right. You've been through a lot. And so God has kept you alive for some reason, right? So he loves you. You just need to drop all the, the rage and start living upright, and it'll be fine. But you, you cannot live in this condition and have peace. It's not going to work. Because right now you're in hell. When men and women live together, they're living in hell. And so you got to overcome that hell. That makes sense? Very much. Thank you very much. Do you have a job? Yes, I do. I, uh, I actually, I had a really good job. Uh, this is going to be funny. I had a really good job, uh, and I um, gave it up, and I quit it because I wanted to give, because I was the one, the, I was making primarily the income, and I wanted to put my the man above me, because I, you know, that was a concept new to right. me. And so I decided, you know what, I can't be the bread maker anymore. I can't be the one paying the bills, so I quit my job, Amazing. and I forced he kind of like put a situation in which I wasn't the bread maker anymore. Amazing. And he and he now is the bread maker. And, and you um, guys don't have much bread. And now I, I don't have very much bread, so I have a little. And actually, I ended up having to take like a little part-time job. And See so I, I do a little part-time job. No, But take, I make a, a half of what I used to make before. And that's no, my No, get situation. your life back. All right? Get rid of this guy. Well, All right? <laughs> I can't hear you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And so do the, are you doing my silent prayer? 
I will be doing it. Yeah, make sure you start today. God is with you. He really is. That's why you ended up here. Mm -hmm. Yes. So forgive him. He literally cannot help himself. He's a mama's boy. And you're his mama. He's attracted to what he hates. Men always end up women that women that are mama to them. That's why when they get into these relationships, they become the boy and the, and the woman become the mother. So but you can't help it because it's in that fallen state. So don't hold any grudges against him and don't keep his son away from him. But just don't hate him. Don't you hate him and everything will be fine. All right. Thank you. And the last thing, don't have any more sex with him. She's not going to have sex with you, Leroy. <laughs> and, and the reason I say that, because when you, have, when you have sex out of wedlock, even when you're married, you get into it emotionally, but you have a way out through Christ, right? But when you have sex and you're not married, you're in hell, emotionally attached to one another, ego running crazy, thinking that you can make him the head. A woman cannot make the man the head. If the woman made the man ahead, then she's the God maker. So whenever she's ready to take the head down, she'll take it down. Yeah, which is the case. Yeah. <laughs> which is the case in my home. It's true. Yes, that's right. Only God has done that. He's already done it that way. And it's the man's responsibility to return to God so that he can be the head of his wife and children. All right? So don't have sex with him anymore. So you can have the strength to get out of there. That makes sense? Yes. And if you need counseling, let us know. Absolutely. All right. Thank right you. Right on. But make sure you do the silent prayer. Do the prayer no matter what, even if you happen to have sex, because I think you will. <laughs> <laughs> you don't look like you're about to stop having sex. But don't judge yourself. Yes. Just know I should not be doing this. All right? But don't judge yourself for it. But stay with the prayer, and things will automatically start to change for you. All right? All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Uh, right here. Amazing. You're a good lady, so relax. God is with you. You're going to be just fine. He really is. Right uh, in the black. Oh, you have it. Okay. Yeah, I have it. I just had a question for you because that brought up something I wanted to ask you. I've been wanting to ask you for a couple of weeks, actually. Can you define strength? Because I think for us women, we have a hard time knowing what that is because... Her definition of strength, when I heard it, I felt the complete opposite. I thought, maybe that's not, you know? Right. So I feel like a lot of men are confused, too, on how to actually exude that strength. Yes. Because so many of us have a different perspective on what it is. That's so, right. I understand that. Yeah. So some people define it by the things that they do, like acts of service, where other people define it as whatever's in your character. So... Is there a true definition of it? Because it seems like we're all just walking around with these different perspectives and we don't know what to do. It is the absence of anger, resentment, hatred. And when you don't have that, you have perfect love. And that's what strength is. When you can love your enemy. Mm. You know, when you can speak up and deal with them, but don't hate. In, so going back to her example, where would his anger be? Her boyfriend? Yeah, where is his, um, where is he acting out his anger that he has that's well, making him I don't know strong. because I've never met him, uh -huh. but based on the information, it's come from his mother because, uh, and his father, because if he loved his father and mother, he wouldn't be li treating her this way, meaning that he would marry her, he wouldn't have sex with her before marriage, 
he would do the right thing. And, but instead, it sounds as though he has the, the mentality of his mother, so he's looking for a mother rather than a wife. And I think that sometimes those situations come together because women want to mother their men. Yes. But call it something else. Like, yeah, I care is, or, you know, they call it nurturing, but I think it's something else. It's death. <laughs> yeah, and it's almost... Whatever it, woman said, I'm nurturing you, she's really saying, I'm killing you. Uh, <laughs> I'm sucking all the life out of you. You know, you are mine. Uh, uh, women are very insecure, and so they're always looking for something to, or someone to control, because in that control, it gives them a false sense of security. So they'll take a weak man, even though they hate weak men. They'll take a weak man just to control him, but they'll hate him, but yet they'll take it. And they'll rather, for you, rather that you not be that way, but what do you do, right? And then they'll take the kids and just screw up the kids. I'm mama, hear me roar, because it's a false sense of security. And so that's why they do it. And then they say, well, I'm nurturing. Because Satan always make us lie when we're in a fallen state. He will not let you say, you know what, I'm doing this because I'm so insecure that I'm controlling my man, I'm controlling my children, I'm evil. He's not going to let you say that because if you recognize that, then you'll go free from him. That's admitting that I'm wrong. And he doesn't want you to admit that. But when they say I'm nurturing, they, they're killing that's why men die first. I'm I, no, forever. I believe that. I believe that because I used to manage uh, senior properties, and the men always die off. Those yep. places are full of old women, and they just cackle all day. That's right. That's all they do. No, seriously, I can <laughs> no, see how the men right. die early. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So I just have one more question because I, uh, I guess, I guess Most I would call women it a, forgive their parents, though, especially their mother. That'll stop. They won't do that. They won't desire that because they won't desire power. They won't feel insecure. And they won't accept a weak man. It just wouldn't happen. They wouldn't want it. It'll be a turn. It's a throw up moment. So they would know just, I guess, internally that that person has, is, is weak. They would be able to identify that strength. A woman can that smell strength. a weak man a mile away. But there's so she many of way them. way down the road is there. <laughs> Even with that man playing macho with the big muscles, she's like, okay, I see right through this one. Well, those are the biggest offenders, but yes. my biggest indicator for myself that I've come up with, and it just came to me automatically, it wasn't something I had to think on. Whenever somebody calls me strong, then I know I'm dealing with someone that doesn't get it because right. you shouldn't ever walk up to a woman and say, oh, you're so strong. You're so independent. Yeah. It's like... I'm an adult. I just pay my bills. I do That's what I'm right. supposed to do. I'm an adult. I interviewed I'm not, uh, you know. a black guy from the Black Student Union at, uh, what college was that? USC. No. Antelope Valley. Valley. And he said that black women are strong. I hate that. He's like, they are strong. So I asked, are you saying they're strong like a man? Yeah, they're equal. I was like, you got issues. <laughs> You have some serious issues. That interview is going to be coming up soon on you. And that's what I hear. When sorry? someone says you're strong, I hear, oh, you think I'm a man. 
But then when I ask what makes me strong, they start to say all these things that are material. And it's like, right. that's not what it is, no. dude. It's, it's when men and women have perfect love, then they're strong. Really. Because you find yourself loving even your enemies. And you find yourself not having fear. And you find yourself treating people the way you would like to be treated. Even if they hate you, you still don't hate them back. It's so amazing to live that way. It's mind-blowing. That's what strength is. Perfect love. So I should run away from the man that says I'm strong. No, whenever he <laughs> says that to you, just yeah. say, you a beta male. <laughs> and just walk away. <laughs> I don't want a beta male. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Yes, sir. Just a quick thing on that. I say, I say that there's no such thing as strong women, only weak men. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And any time a man says that the woman is strong, he's literally saying he is weak. He's really saying that. Really, he's saying that. Uh, okay. Man, look at this time. Um, so let me do this. I'll take here first. And then you had your hand? No, that's my mom. So that's your mother? Yeah. Uh, where you been, man? That's amazing. Oh, yeah? I'm glad to see you. Good to see you, too. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Is this your first time? Take the mic for me. I don't need a microphone, I think. No, you, yes, you do. I need That's a microphone? Mama? Yeah, we need it. We need it so that the people online Okay. Um, my name is Mirta, and I live in Houston, Texas. You what? In Houston, Texas. Oh, okay. Uh, this is a, a Pastor Jesse. Yeah, just call me okay. Jesse. Okay. Okay, Mr. Jesse. You said a few minutes ago that the Bible is not important to yeah, be read. I'm sorry? You said a few minutes ago that the Bible is not important to it be read. It is important, and it's a good book to read, but the Bible is the word from God. The word of God is in our hearts. Okay. I believe that the Bible... Is the word of God. And why do you believe that? And in Second Timothy three says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. The Word of God, that is the Bible, Mr. Jesse, is written by God for us. What you're missing so, is it says that the Word in the Bible is inspired by God. Is, Meaning yeah, that... Is, is, what, God inspired on, 40 people right. to, to, re, to write His Word, that Word for us, to be in us. So I believe that Jesus, Holy Spirit, lives in me, and he teaches me every day of my life to be the way he is, to walk in his ways, to teach people, Let me do this to because of time. preach the gospel all Hello? around Hello? the world. Hello? You're wrong. Um, and I understand why you're wrong because I thought that too for a long time. I'm not, well, I'm not saying. Hold on, hold on. Mr. Jesse, I'm not saying that I'm wrong or right. No, no, you're wrong. I'm saying that the Bible is right. I, I got you, but let me explain because I gave you the time and I'm looking at the clock right now. Uh -huh. And we got to do a wedding. Um, what you're missing is that, yes, the men who wrote the Bible 
wrote it because they were inspired. God gave them what to write on paper. And so they wrote down his instructions for us. And his instructions says that the kingdom of heaven is inside of us. That before you enter that kingdom, you must forgive because no man is going to enter the kingdom with hatred in their hearts. Uh, it tells us not to look without, but to look within. And the reason that, and he said that he was going to write the words upon our heart. Mm-hmm. The, the word that we live by is on our heart, not in the Bible. And if you notice, the mm-hmm. people who study the Bible, they can't even keep the Bible. They can't live by it at all. There's some of the nasty, evil, deceiving people you ever want to see because they have taken that and it puffed up their ego. But if they go within and, and find that true, uh-huh. then they'll have love and things will change. But, it is inspired, but that doesn't mean the Bible is the word of God. It's from God. It would be like if you wrote your son a note and he read that note, he's not going to worship the note. He's going to realize you wrote the note and sent it to him. But Mr. Uh, Jesse, yes, I can't, uh, with all the respect, because I, do you know more than me? Because I guess you went to the Seminary? Or I no, I did not. Okay. I did not go to a seminary. Okay. Uh, People who go to seminaries I, I are nutcases. Don't go but to a seminary. But here says in Second Corinthians, it is not that we think that we are qualified to do anything in our own. Our qualifications comes from God. Right. So it doesn't matter how strong I am physically. Spiritually, I do not have the strength that comes from my Lord. It does not matter. But let me tell you this. I'm nothing without him. Let me tell you this. If you have not given up your anger and entered into the kingdom of God from within. Mr. Jesse, I gave up my anger a long time ago when I received Jesus in my life. Right. Right. But you don't know my my life. Right. I gave up my anger. But a let me long tell you time this. ago, and I love everybody here. No, you don't. <laughs> okay. But you're a nice lady, you, you, and I love your you, service. You, you, you are. You, so but you, let me tell you, you this. You I know totally what? understand. I'm trying to be the most humble person, and I ask to my Lord every day to be very humble. Okay. Okay. Hold on, guys. But, hold no, on, man. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just a little bit confused because I thought, first of all, my, my son... Invites me and Nicholas. Yeah, invites me. Invites me to come and here and to hear the word. And to me, to hear the word in any congregation when people get together is, I need a Bible. No, I understand. That's that. the main reason I need a Bible. I need uh, the word of God, not the word of man. On. I gotta move on. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And somebody else? Yeah, he has it right behind you. Uh, did you have your hair? No. Oh, it was for your mother? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Help your mama, Thank boy. You very much. <laughs> <laughs> you may be trying to help your mama. Come right here with the mic. Every time I speak to her, she just always has to bring in a Bible verse, and I'm like, I can't talk to her. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of hard, because every time, it's like we, every paragraph is like a quote from the Bible. I know. Just, like, I, I'm drink. not talking with her. <laughs> Doesn't make you like, like come I, I could see like I like when like when hold on hold on like, and she's like angry right now yeah. like yeah. and it's I'm angry. yeah hold on a minute hold on hold on hey thank you so um 
So another thing she was telling me was like how like when you become a Christian, like for instance, she told me like her pastor sins. You know, it's like it's okay. Like we're sinners, and it's okay to keep sinning. Like it's we aren't perfect. And it's like I was trying to tell her that like once you become Christian, like you could just stop that. Like and she gave me the example. Oh, like in road rage, you you like what do you do when a guy cuts you off? You like your first instinct is to. Your first instinct is to freak out, right? I mean, I, mean, I still do that. But, um, but yeah, I was trying to explain to her that you could just, like, not have an opinion about that and just be calm. Yeah. And just, yeah. But, so uh, here's what I highly recommend. Stop. Don't try to convince her anymore. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've Don't have like, a conversation like that because when they're throwing those scriptures on you, they're not hearing you at all. The intellect is going nuts, right? Yeah. And so just wish her well, you live your life, be a good example, mm-hmm. speak up, and then hopefully she'll, she'll pay attention to that. And maybe then she'll think about it. But don't try to convince her because it's going to drive you to drink. Yeah, it's, it's actually You'll be doing pot like, and alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, don't. You can't convince anyone of this. It's not even our job to convince you of it. We have to be a living example and your light will shine, and they will see it. All right. All right. Cool. Thanks, Jesse. You're welcome, buddy. Uh, James, online, go ahead. Okay, um, Marius, I may be mispronouncing his name. He says his widow girlfriend, who, who already has two kids from a prior marriage, says that she is pregnant with his kid. Should he marry her? Should he live with her? Please advise. Run. Don't walk out of that state. That's not going to work. That's so unfortunate uh, that you did that. It really is. Don't have sex, guys, until marriage. Then this wouldn't be a decision. Really, if you're going to date, date, even with the widow, date. Because the Bible says that if your husband should die, then the wife is freed up then. But don't have sex so it wouldn't be a question. All right. It will just work itself out the right way. And if it's meant for you to be with her, it'll happen naturally. Uh, so what I would recommend is no more sets. Date for a year without sets. And then you'll see the right thing to do. Just cut out the sex part and don't live with her. But cut out the sex part. No sex. And you get to know each other and you won't be emotionally, uh, you know, attached to one another. And then if it's meant to be, it will happen because you can marry a widow. Yeah, yeah, because the husband died, or the or the wife died. No, but in this situation, the two are having a child. I believe that she already had a child, right? And now she's having one from the dead dead husband, right? From the dead husband. It's best not to marry a woman with children, because kids don't want step parents. And so I would suggest the problem is he has a child with her now, you know. Uh, I would, you know what, just date for a year and see what happens. Call me later. <laughs> I would need to talk to him more. So that's a difficult situation. Yes, Jay, one more. Story of the black conservative, also known as KT, gave a super chat and asked, what, Thanks, should, KT. what should you do if you awaken, but your wife isn't awake? Just be a living example. You know, be honest, be fair with your wife. And one day she might come around. Uh, but don't judge her. Don't, don't pounce on her. Just be a living example, correct her when she's wrong, without the anger, and because you owe it to her as the head of her 
to be a living example, to be a perfect love. All right? So be patient. Um, I saw your hand. Yes, sir. Real fast for me. Um, so much. But uh, to go back to addiction, yes. um, it's not just weed. I feel like for a long time I had a addictive personality, I call it. But whether it's weed, sex, pornography, cocaine, whatever it is, right. or people. Right. I have found myself be addicted to people sometimes. But how do you deal with people around your life that love you and they they nonstop, oh, you got to stop smoking, you got to stop dating, oh, you got to do this, you know, and they're always reminding you. And my answer is, well, I know this. Avoid and, them. Why? Well, I mean, stay away from them. Well, no, but what advice because would you give them? If you say, leave me alone, I don't want to hear. No, 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 that, that's not. Um, my question is, what advice would you give them? Like, to, let's say a parent or whatever is, you know, and because they don't know what you're working on, but what, what, what advice would you give them? Well, of course, parents should not impose on their children like that. But for you, though, if they continue to do it and, they want, and you say, no, I don't want to hear it, and they don't stop, then you have to avoid them. You have to take a step so they can see that you're serious about it. It's not what they're going to do, it's what you do. You're, you're an adult what, man. What if when I do that to other people? Avoid them? No, no. When, oh, let's we, say I see my sister has a problem. For example, she doesn't. But, and I'm trying to impose, you know, hey, you should stop you, this. Yeah, you're being like your mother. Ex Just know what, you know what, sister? I'm being a woman right now. I am female, hear me roar. I'm sorry. But back off from it, man. Don't impose like that. You don't like it when it happens to you. Don't do it to anyone else. God doesn't impose on you. He'll try to warn you that you're about to fall off the bridge, but if you don't listen, he'll just let you fall off. And then he'll go make another baby to replace you. So don't do that. That is so female. No, I... Well, I guess sometimes I, yeah. I'm sorry? <laughs> no, nothing. No, it, it's female. Did you know you a woman? What is life being a woman? <laughs> Stop it. You're just like the people you're complaining about. You become like what you hate. So don't do that to your sister or anyone. So your don't advice is just stop it. I'm sorry? So your advice is just stop it. Yes. Cut that out. You don't have a right to impose anything on anyone. People have a right to be wrong. This young lady, she has a right to be wrong. And I still love her. But I wish her well. I don't have a right to impose on her. If she want to believe that stuff, let her believe it. And then she'll suffer and die. Or cry out to God and live. And so don't be mad at your mother. But don't have that conversation anymore. All right? Because it'll drive you nuts. And then she'll see you do sin. All right? Don't impose your will on people. It's God's will, not our will. And if you want to be free, I got to tell you this, and then we got to do a wedding. Lock your door is getting married in a minute. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and all you are invited. Um, um, oh, let me tell you this really fast. So uh, this past Thursday night, I spoke down at USC to the Republican Club. And during the question and answer period, uh, a young girl, a white girl, asked me, what do you do with fear? You know, I'm afraid to speak up on campus because of what might happen. And she's a nice little girl, you know, and I, I felt so sorry for her. Not sorry, but it's disappointing 
that she can't speak up at school. And another guy came over and told me the same thing. He's afraid to speak up at school. And I want to tell you that the worst thing that you can have in life is fear. Fear is your enemy. It will cut you down and keep you down. And I want you, and I'm telling you this because it's not from God. As a matter of fact, it's not even pleasing to God. Anyone who has fear cannot please God. It's impossible. And so, like I told them, you got to speak up anyway. Overcome the anger, the fear will disappear. If you don't have anger, then fear will disappear anyway. It has to go. It's a, it's a child of anger, which is a child of Satan. And so what I recommend to them is that they start speaking up anyway. And then if you get kicked out of school, fight for it. Go get a lawyer. Protest. Go to the media. But you got to start fighting back. Otherwise, the children of the lives are going to dig a hole and put you in it. They're not going to stop because they see that you are not going to speak up. And so you're giving them life. Over you. It doesn't even make sense that you let someone take away your freedom of speech. There's nothing on earth that that important that you should give up your speech for freedom of speech, because if you can't speak up, you have nothing. And so you got to learn to fight back. If they keep you out, protest. I remember once the insurance company wouldn't pay for my car. and got hit at night. I was in the house sleep. And a car ran into my car and hit it. And they were like, I'm not, we're not going to pay for it because you don't have any proof of someone down there. Something crazy, right? I said, okay, fine. And this was before I even woke up. So I went and made me a poster sign that said, I got screwed by Allstate. <laughs> and I went by myself. And Steve would tell me, you're going to look dumb out there by yourself. You're going to look crazy out by protested by yourself, right? I didn't listen to that because I knew I had paid my insurance. It's rare that black people pay insurance anyway. <laughs> and so I paid my insurance and they still don't want to pay me, right? And so I went down there on a Thursday morning and I walked right up and down in front of them yelling out, I got screwed by Allstate. I got screwed by Allstate. And saying to like, you look like an idiot. Well, I'm like, that's fine. Uh, and so at the end of the day, I stayed all day. At the end of the, and the people asked me, what did they do? And that's all stayed in like that at all. <laughs> and so, and the next day was a Friday, and I had to get a haircut. So I told them, all right, I'm leaving now, but I'll be back late tomorrow because I get a haircut in the morning. <laughs> 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 and a black man have to get a haircut every other week. And so, and so I said, but I will be back. And so the very next morning, I get a phone call. We're going to take care of you. You don't have to come back. And they, they paid off my car, and they gave me much more money than what my car was worth. And, and it was because I stood up. I was in the right. Had I been wrong, it would have been a different story. But I was in the right, and they paid off my car and paid me some money. It was amazing. And that car, I was using that car for my janitorial service. It was a station wagon. And so you got to stand up. You cannot have fear. James had a problem some years ago. He bought this car and it was a used car and they told him it was fine to make a long story short. Something happened and they didn't want to take care of him, right? My producer. And I said, James, get you a picket sign. Go down there and say I got screwed. And he did it and they paid him because he was in the right. 
You can only do this when you're right, right? So make sure you stand up for yourself. You might shake in your boots, but it'll pass. God is with you. All right? Um, so you got to start fighting back. Don't be afraid. Even if you have to stand alone, God is with you. We had an issue here where they didn't want to trim the trees in the backyard parking lot. The guy that owned it was saying that it was the guy over their responsibility, and they were saying it. And so I went back and forth. They didn't want to do it. I said, all right, I'm going to go out and pick it with a sign again. (laughs) (laughs) And so I went out there and sat in front of the business, and I was yelling. I got screwed again. And then Urban's and everybody came out with the cameras, and and the guy was like, go away, go away. I'm like, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I'm going to stay in. You're going to love me. <laughs> and then after a while, the owner said, all right, we'll cut the trees. It's too bad that you have to do it, but you've got to take a stand. God is with us, especially when you're right. Satan tried to talk you out of it, but don't let him. There was a little lightweight protest. The, the children of the lie came into the meeting. And they sat there, right? And when I walked in, they were all sitting there. And so I started talking about there is no racism. They are lying to you. And they all just jumped up and ran out. I'm like, hey, don't go. Come back. <laughs> and I'm saying this because I want you to know that they are afraid of you. They really are. But if you don't take a stand, they, you won't see that they are afraid of you. That's why they call you names. They try to, you know, destroy you. They have no real, they have no power. And the last thing I got to tell you, as the Bible says, Count it all joy through tribulation. When you're going through something, you need that. You need exactly what is happening to make you strong from within and to see that God is with you. Because if you didn't have situations happen in your life, Satan will leave you for a minute, but he'll go out and he'll organize and he'll come back and ambush you. The one thing that suffering does for us, it allows you to keep your eyes on yourself and know that you have a relationship with God. But if you didn't have these situations to deal with, you'll forget about God. And, you, and he will ambush you. Satan will ambush you. So be grateful for these things. It's not bad. It's not good. It makes you strong. All right? So when, when they call you names or they, they, whatever they do, I'm going to take your job away from you, just know this is a good deal for me. And stand up and fight back. Really. And then they'll stop. Don't cower down anymore. It's a battle between good and evil, right versus wrong. So I told these people at USC, you got to stand up. It's not going to stop. Look how they're intimidating and calling your names and fighting with you and taking your jobs. You are allowing that to happen. If you didn't allow it, it would not happen. You are allowing it. Don't be a coward. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And when they see you going to fight back, and I fight back, and I love fighting back. It's so much fun. It is so, it's just crazy how much fun it is. As long as you don't have that anger, you fight back, you can't lose. All right? So overcome anger by, I mean, overcome fear by overcoming anger. Otherwise, they're going to lock you in. All right? That help a little bit? All right. Thank you guys so much. Look what they did to poor Megan Kelly. Ooh, yeah. Megan Kelly should not have lost her job talking about dressing in blackface or whatever dumb thing that is. But the more you give into it, yeah, she got fired. I know, but she 
Oh, uh, well, but still, that, it does. Yeah. yeah, she should, hopefully she'll fight back. Um, let me do this. Do, do you guys, do you want your wedding to be done live? You don't want it to be done live where the world can see it. You don't want a live wedding. This would be like a royal wedding. <laughs> All right, folks, they don't want to, do, we're going to do a quick wedding right now, but they don't want to do it live. Uh, and uh, maybe we can record it and put it out there later. <laughs> and put it later? Oh, okay. Uh, so don't forget to like, follow, tweet, subscribe, and donate. We need your financial support. And if you need counseling, uh, you can call us to set it up or go to the website, rebuildingdemand.com. But I just want to encourage you to overcome your anger. Once you do that, everything you wake up. Everything else is easy. And for men who are beta males, pitiful. Pitiful. You're a girl. You're a beta. And you can overcome it. Just overcome your mothers. All right? Overcome it. Forgive your parents. All right. So thank you so much for tuning in. And I appreciate all of you coming.